0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Happy New Year, everyone. Ah, God has given us another year, hasn't he? 2024, the first Sunday of 2024. And he's given us a word for this year, hasn't he? Yeah, what is it? A year of partial surrender? Total surrender. surrender. And that is not a a very comfortable word, is it? It's like, you know, last year we uh, we had ecclesia rising. Okay, that's a general word. But total surrender, that's really something a bit uncomfortable. But even as Pastor shared with us last week, he was saying that surrender is not an easy word because we always love to have control, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, the truth is an unsurrendered life is open to the attack of the enemy. So it's so important for us to surrender. Today, I would like to touch one aspect of surrender, which I felt we need to learn about to understand how to surrender possibly uh, in a better way. So let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for everyone here. I believe you have brought them here with a purpose to receive this word. Even those watching online, Holy Spirit, hover over this place. Because I don't want my words to be in vain, but I pray that they will be words with your power, Holy Spirit. That every word will come alive in their spirits, Lord. And you will speak to them, Father Lord, and we will learn something new today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So this, word, this Romans chapter 12 is after 11 chapters of doctrine. I mean, I think Romans is a book that you have to keep on reading to get it. Something do you really have to study. There's so much. I heard that some pastor taught Romans for the whole year. It's, there's so much in it. In the first 11 chapters, you have, you're, you're told that, okay, we were sinners. We were, we were sinners. But Jesus came and saved us. And we are justified by faith. And that we do not live under the law anymore. But we live under grace. And then he goes on to say that it's a difficult struggle between, you know, the the law and, uh, you know, the flesh and uh, uh, what we want to do for the Lord. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And then on in the 11th chapter, he talks about how we who are Gentiles have been, you know, uh, grafted into the tree because of God's mercies. So all the 11 chapters is about the mercy of God. It's by God's grace that we were saved. And God's grace that you and I are here. And with that, Paul says in verse 1, Therefore, I urge you. I urge means I beseech you. Come on. Like we heard just now, Janet saying, I urge you to join for the foundation course. Even more, Paul was saying, I urge you. What to do? Brothers and sisters, because of these mercies of our God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Now, who has to present their bodies? Is it like, you know, our kids getting up, get up, get up, go to school, pushing them to school? just someone has to push us into it? Or what does it say here? We have to present our bodies, isn't it? No one's gonna present our bodies, it's for us. Present your bodies. And what does it mean by presenting your bodies to surrender? It means that God wants you, each one of you, not just your works or your gifts, but God wants each one of us. And he says, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. So these people who have, whom he's talking to, they have seen sacrifices. Because the Jewish customs, they had sacrifices for, various, for the sin offerings and so many sacrifices. But what were those sacrifices? They were killed, no? Nope, they were dead. But here he's saying, I don't want that dead sacrifice. I want you to be a living sacrifice. Isn't it? Just to think that he wouldn't, you know, not like a robot where, where we don't have any free will. When we just put on that altar. But no, it's not that. I want you to be alive and just you and be that sacrifice. I want you to be a living sacrifice. And I want you to be holy. And holy means set apart. Because all of you here don't belong to the world. You are set apart. God wants you to be a living and holy sacrifice. Now, there's a problem with a living sacrifice. Isn't it? It can get up at any time and leave. Yeah? It can just get up from the altar and leave. And God will just look. Because he's given that us that choice. I remember as a young believer, um, I, in, I got saved in, during college time. So we used to have quite a few prayer meetings at that time. And during that time, uh, I would see regularly... Some of my friends, whenever there's an altar call, they go right in front and they're before the Lord and then they go back. And I was wondering, you, you, you got saved, you accepted the Lord. No, 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 we, we wandered away, so we wanted to come back. So each time, you know, I, in those early days, they weren't sure about their salvation, so they'd come for every altar call just to confirm, just to reaffirm. That's what like a living sacrifice is. You're on the altar, but there's so many times where we just walk off. And the Lord says, this year of total surrender, will you be a living sacrifice that lies on the altar? And if you are going to be a living sacrifice, that's going to be acceptable to God. And it's your spiritual service of worship. So the last uh, few weeks, Pastor Tibi was sharing about worship. And worship is not just about music. It is about Making yourself a living sacrifice there. Yeah? This is your reasonable service of worship. So I'm telling you, church, the songs are good. The music is good. But the Lord is saying, I want you to be that living sacrifice on the altar this year, from this year. That is our reasonable service. But the thing is, okay, so that's, we need to be, we know that we need to be a living and holy sacrifice But he's given us a key as to how to be a living sacrifice. And if you read in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So he's saying, okay, for you to be a living sacrifice and to stay there, don't be conformed to the world. What does that word conform mean? It means to be mailed into a mold. Like you're making jelly or something and setting it and putting it in the fridge. It takes the shape of whatever mold you put it in. And he's saying that don't be conformed to the world. Don't go into the mold of the world. Okay? So the thing is, we have so much information coming in through our five senses. What you see, what you hear, everything, through the internet, through the TV, through your friends, through your neighbors, all that is coming in. And there is a tendency for you to be conformed to the world, isn't it? Wouldn't it be? It would definitely be not, it wouldn't be easy. So he said, don't be conformed to the world, but go ahead and be transformed. So the thing is, you can't expect to have all the information of the world and be transformed. You will end up being conformed to the world's ways. So recently, someone told me that when they went uh, for house visits during this Christmas and New Year time, uh, to relatives' houses, what they heard was, um, usually when they met them, they said, are you sick? Are you sick? Instead of asking, are you well? Wherever they went, they were asking, are you sick? Because sickness is everywhere that is being conformed to the world. Where you come to the point where you think if you're okay, that means you're lucky. Yeah? I know most of us went through some sickness or other. But let us not be conformed to that. That is not God's desire. Yeah? So we can start thinking like that. This is the norm. This is the new norm. After COVID, we all have to get sick for you know, so many periods, so many days in a year. That's the norm. No, don't accept it work. Church, we shouldn't be conformed to the world. But what should we do? We should be transformed. That word transformed is a word metamorpho. And we're all familiar with that. The word metamorphosis comes from that. So there is a transformation that has to happen. By what? By the renewing of your mind. You know, this transformation is not going to be instantaneous. It's going to take some time. Yeah? Just how uh, um, uh, a caterpillar becomes a butterfly or a tadpole becomes a frog. In my pond, I have outside the house, I have some, you know, fish and all that. But sometimes I get tadpoles and I expect the fish to grow, but after some time I see some frogs appearing. So I'm just, oh my. So it's there's that transformation that happens. And I remember as a young girl how uh, in our native place we would have trees where a lot of uh, these uh, caterpillars would make the pupae. And we'd go every day to check whether the butterflies come out. And some of my naughty cousins, they would, before it got over, got, you know, came, became a butterfly, they would, you know, take it and just check what's inside. But what would be there? It would still be a caterpillar. It, and it's like a premature death. But then there's sometimes where we saw, oh, this looks like it's going to be open tomorrow. And we keep on checking. We've, I've seen those butterflies come out so beautifully. So there is a process where this change happens. And so the word of God says that I want you to transform your mind, transform yourself by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse 18 says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a manner, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. The same word metamorphosis is used here, transformed. So God is expecting us to be transformed each day to change and become more like him. Yeah. So, but the key is to renew your mind. Why, what do you mean by renewing your mind? So we know we are tripartite beings. We have spirit, soul, and body. I just. someone taught me this. This is a spirit, this is a soul, the three fingers, and this is the body. Yeah? So actually, we are a spirit. Here we're so conscious about our bodies. How does our body look? But each one of you are actually a spirit. Which, who has a soul and lives in a body. And when Adam and Eve sinned, the, soul, the spirit was like this. It was, it was, you know, dormant because it had no longer had connection with God. And when we are born again, the spirit comes alive and reconnects with God. The spirit is the way we connect with God. The spirit is the way we worship. The spirit is the way we pray. This is our connection with the supernatural, with the eternal, with God. Yeah. And so second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So are you a new creation? Tell your neighbor, are you a, you're a new creation. Yeah, I do you believe it? Yeah, I was, I'm a new creation. But before I got saved, I, w- I didn't know maths well. Even after I got saved, I couldn't do maths well. Before I got saved, I used to get a bit irritated. After I got saved, I got irritated. Where is the change? Where is this new creation? Isn't it? Yeah, so many, especially in my early days, I get so disappointed. I want to do better. Why am I not changing? But you know, actually, that new creation is your spirit. Your spirit has become perfect. It's absolutely ready to go to heaven. That's ready. But then there's the soul, which is the mind, emotions, and will, which has to change. Okay? And, And the body is kind of passive. If the soul aligns with the spirit, the body will follow. But if the soul opposes the spirit, it will follow the soul itself. So your body just follows. It's a third one. But it's a soul that is so important to bring that change in your body. Okay? So your mind, will, and emotions are so important. Uh, John uh, John chapter 6, verse 63 says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Okay? So every time God speaks into us, it's through our spirit. But here we have the soul, which acts as a, a valve. Yeah? A valve between the spirit and the body. And this valve, if it is not renewed, will prevent the goodness of God, the truth from entering our body and our lives. Okay? So that's why we need to renew our mind. Hope you got it. Yeah? So the reason why we need to renew our mind is for that flow of the things of God to pass from God's spirit to our spirit into our soul and body. Okay. So now how do we renew our mind? I'm just going to break that down into an easy way. First of all, we need to understand there's a process. Okay? It's not... Just, you know, something you can have instantly. Someone lay hands of you, on you and say, okay, I want, you to, I want my mind to be renewed. And if I just lay hands on you, it's not going to make any difference. You have to make that change. So actually during the Malayalam service, Bijo was sharing and saying that, okay, God has given you prophecies, but you have to take that decision, take that step to make a difference. Isn't it? It's so true. You know, if you want to fulfill what God wants of you, you have to take that step. You have to renew your mind. So it's a process. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions? Could you lift your hands? Just two, three? The rest of you have given up? Four. (laughs) Even the children are not lifting up their hands. As a child, I used to have, you know, every year I would have some New Year's resolutions. So in our office, some of our brave young men have decided to cut all coffee, tea in between and live healthy. And so we were all, you know, laughing at that because I know that by the end of January, if you look at February, all of them will be drinking coffee and tea. But then at least they started. They tried it. And I was just looking at some of my diaries. You know, there'll be about one week of journaling after that. (laughs) It's empty, isn't it? So we all fail in all these New Year's resolutions. But that shouldn't prevent you from having a resolution. Come on, guys. Yeah? You have to decide something. Isn't it? A small change. Don't be discouraged because you weren't able to keep your resolution last year. Make a small one or two decisions and take a step towards that. You know, the, the small changes you make will change your course. Yeah? The small changes are enough. I Believe, believe me, I'm, I'm not what I was a number of years back. And it's all because of these small changes. So young people, do not be discouraged. If there's some things that you have to change, just start it now. Okay? So the first thing is you have to understand there is a process. Secondly, you have to be conscious of your thoughts. Okay? Are you thinking as the world thinks? When something happens, how do you respond? How are you thinking? Are you thinking just like your next door neighbor? Or are you thinking like a child of God? Psalms 119 verse 59 says, I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. Isn't that beautiful? I thought about my ways and I just turned it over to your word. You need to think about what you're thinking. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, As he, that is as a man thinks within himself, so he is. Yeah? So it's what you're, what you're thinking. You have to take some time to think, to understand what are you thinking. You know, when we have a sickness, something external that others see, we always try to go for the treatment. Okay, They keep on saying, oh, you have this problem. Why don't you go and get it corrected? So you go to the doctor and get it corrected. But when it comes to your thoughts, we live with it. We think it's okay. But it's not okay. You have to Understand what you are thinking and deal with them. If you look at Acts chapter 8, in this chapter, we have, uh, it's in Samaria where Philip, he's, he goes there as an evangelist and shares the gospel. And at that place, there's a man called Simon the sorcerer. And Simon is able to do a lot of, you know, acts with, through sorcery. And so the people said, oh, he's a mighty man. Look at his acts of sorcery. And at that time, Philip comes with the gospel and he's operating in signs and wonders. And the people turned to him and said, oh, this is we want to believe in Jesus. And so many people accepted the Lord and they came to the faith and they were baptized. And along with that, Simon also hears the gospel and he accepts the faith and he gets baptized. And after that, from uh, Jerusalem, Peter and John come. And they come and they lay hands on the people and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And when Simon sees that, Simon comes to them and says, Could you give me this gift? I'll pay you money. And so that I can also lay hands and then people will be healed. I mean, people will be filled. And what does Peter say? Acts 8, verse 20 to 23 says, But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. This is a man who is born again and baptized. But how come he has these thoughts? He's not dealt with those wrong thoughts. His attitude. So Peter says, These thoughts are wrong. And then he says, repent therefore of this your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Ask for forgiveness. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. It's even like like a herb, a poisonous herb. That has poisoned your mind. And you are bound by iniquity. You are bound by unrighteousness. So the wrong thoughts can bind you. Just imagine that. So you really need to deal with the thoughts. I just want to take a moment for you to just think about. What are the thoughts you've been thinking these days? Have been have they been thoughts of discouragement? Thoughts of failure? Negative thoughts. Just bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord right now. Because there's no point in me just preaching. You need to deal with those issues right now. And just ask the Lord, Lord, this is a wrong thought that I've been entertaining. Help me, Lord, to deal with it. The Lord will show you. It may be some insecurity. It may be some unforgiveness. Because the Lord always says, whenever you come to him, Come with a heart of forgiveness. And if you have anything against anyone, forgive and come before the Lord. So if you have in this season any unforgiveness against anyone, right now, bring it to the Lord and forgive the person. Because if you don't forgive, you will be bound by those thoughts. It's not anyone else. You will be bound. Some people are probably not Treated you the right way, just forgive them. It's in in this world, many times people don't behave the way we expect, but forgive and take that decision right now. Amen, amen. So, even uh, you know, the other day, preparing for this message, someone offended me. I mean, someone said something that I could take offense of, and I struggled. And I was thinking, let me call this person to explain to another, another person, to explain my side of the picture so that they will understand that I'm right. And I was thinking, look, I'm preparing about renewing the mind and I shouldn't entertain such a thought. So I decided, Lord, yeah, you got me here. If I and I just decided, Lord, I keep this thought. I'm, I've been misunderstood, but it's okay. I give it to you. And soon after that, I had such a peace. I was thinking, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to preach today, would I? With a clear conscience, isn't it? But now, because I did that, I had such a peace. The, 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 the issue has just, just disappeared from my mind because I settled it with the Lord. So deal with your thoughts. I know a lot of people, as they grow older, uh, when they have insecurities... It's more The tendency to have those negative thoughts and entertain them increases. And so I, I encourage you to be careful of your thoughts. Keep on, if there's any negative thought, just say, no, the Lord loves me. The Lord is for me. The Lord is always with me. So I've seen that people whom I thought were always having a good life, as they grow older, some of them have been into bitterness. And then I realized that they've had some problems with siblings or some property issues or something like that. So it's so important to guard your heart at that time. And I was thinking, oh, they've run so well. But the last probably 10 years, things changed. So be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Huh? At any point of your time, don't let these thoughts rain. Understand what you're thinking. Don't live with them. Okay? So so that was be conscious of your thoughts. Next thing is, replace the lies with truth. So you have to meditate on the word of God. Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So it's not just reading the word, but the company you keep. To have the right thoughts, you have to have people who are giving you good input. Not negative people who are keeping on saying that, oh, this is not right. That is not right. You have to surround yourself with a few people. That's why we say, come into the care cell. Come into the small groups where they can keep on encouraging you and have the maintain those right thoughts. And then it says, in, in, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Not just early in the morning, day and night. And that word meditate is haga, which means to utter, to moan. So you're not just reading it, you're saying those words softly. It's like a rumble. It should be in your day. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You just sing it under your breath. Just keep on saying. They used to do that. They make it a practice. So you meditate on it. There's another word called Sikha, which is just to read. But this means this is not just reading. For meditation, you need to keep on thinking, kind of ruminating on it. Taking that word, bringing it in, and just, you know, meditating, letting it change your mind. Okay? So you need to meditate on the word. So I encourage all of you in the beginning of the year to start reading your Bibles. Yeah? Read it and you have, I've done the Bible in one year for three, four years continuously. This last year I haven't, but that helps you get that practice. So some of you say that, okay, I'm reading for some days, but I'm not able to keep it. You know what I used to do when I couldn't read for two days? The third day I'll read, 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 read it. I mean, I just make up. Because I know that I have to get through the word. And it's not that you understand everything or you're reading everything with the right way. But along the way you learn. Much ever, even the audio Bible. When you go for a walk, if you put the audio Bible on, you're still listening to some word in is entering your heart. So meditate on it day and night. Make ways this year. Okay, let that be your resolution to read more of the word. First Thessalonians 2, verse 13 says, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men. But as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. The word of God that I'm speaking today is going to be effective in all of those here who believe. Tell me how many of you believe what I'm saying. Yeah, so it depends on whether you believe. In a church group meeting, different people, some of you may have attended for one year, but your growth is going to be different. It depends on how much of the word that you're taking in and believing. So even if there's a season where you learn something, sometimes you forget. Go back to that and learn again. So last week I was not feeling well. And usually when I I pray or when my husband prays over me, it goes fast. But this was taking a few days. So what did I do? As I was lying down, I listened to half an hour of healing verses. And I was thinking, these are verses I know, but they're coming alive. And I felt so much better after listening to that. So just start listening again and again until you believe. Because I think I came to a point where, as the world says, it's okay to be sick. But I decided, no, 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 no. The word of God says that he, his, on a, by his stripes we are healed. Yeah? That he wants us to prosper spirit, soul, and body. So I got back to the word and that meditation became real. James chapter 1 verse 21 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. What a beautiful verse. Implanted means rooted word. It's not just a word that is superficial. So we all know the parable of the sower. And it's only the, the seed that fell on the right soil that God implanted and created such a crop. So let the word that you receive be implanted and rooted in your hearts. That whenever anyone, any difficulty squeezes you, that word will come out if it is implanted. You know that word implanted, a zygote gets implanted on the uterus. And becomes you and me. There is potential in an implanted word for life. There is potential in an implanted word to change how you see. There is such potential in the implanted word. So don't underestimate the power of God's word. Yeah? So fill yourself with the word of God. Meditate on his word. So first, what I say, there's a process. Understand, for renewing the mind, you have to do some discipline. Secondly, be conscious of your thoughts. Thirdly, fill your mind. Meditate on the word of God. Okay? Fourthly, stop believing that you cannot control your thoughts. Some of us think we cannot change, isn't it? Yeah, I just can't fight those negative thoughts. I'm always going back to that. That's a lie. You know why? Because there's a saying that says that you, can prevent, you can't you can prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you can prevent it from making a nest on your head, isn't it? So these thoughts will come. And you don't have to feel be, feel guilty about the thoughts. But you can prevent it from making a nest on your head, can't you? Isn't it? Yeah? But how can you reduce the frequency of those thoughts? Be in the word. Stay connected with the right company. Because it's when you're exposing yourself to the world, these thoughts will come more often. The less you expose yourself to all these external things and you expose yourself more to the word, you conform to God. And these thoughts will become less and less and it will be easier to deal with them. So the first thing is you stop believing that you can't deal with those thoughts. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3-5 to says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. Okay? That's clear, isn't it? We don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You know that word mighty is dunatus, which is connected to dynamite. Tell your neighbor, the weapon God has given you to fight is like dynamite. Come on. It is powerful. It is mighty. Yeah? You know? You're not unassisted here. The weapon that God has given is mighty. What is it used for? It's mighty in God for pulling down. That is absolutely demolishing. Pulling down. You know? Completely pulling down strongholds. And that strongholds is a really tough building that, you know, that has been formed in our minds. How does that happen? When you have wrong thoughts, you keep on allowing those thoughts go through a particular circuit. So after some time, that becomes a pattern and it becomes a stronghold, which is not easy to break. So I'll tell you what happened. I was uh, appearing for an exam, an international exam connected to ophthalmology, my eye specialty. And something in me, I had two small children, and something in me kept on saying, you're not going to pass. You're not, not going to pass. You have two small kids. You will not make it. So the thing is, I have cleared the first uh, theory exam. and for the But I went into the exam knowing I'm failing. I'm going to fail. And I failed. And I laugh at it now. I told my kids I failed. So they say, oh, Amma failed. Great. I mean, it was a, a kind of a encouragement for them. <laughs> <laughs> they were so encouraged. and They never forget that. I said I failed, but I knew how, why I failed because I didn't think right. And even now, when I think of it, I said, Lord, I could have passed easily. I just limited you. I was so fearful. I didn't think I could do it. Okay. So that's how important that stronghold was there for me. I had to break it. Yeah. So there's a, uh, so you have to break down every, pull down every stronghold, casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it's not just a few high things. You have to bring down every high thing that is against God. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, that's a homework for you guys. Next week, think about what you're thinking. And if there are any thoughts that are not aligned with the word of God. Start pulling them down. Okay? Start pulling them down. Replace it with the word of God. Okay? And uh, there's a neuroscientist, a well-known neuroscientist. I think many of you would have read her books, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. So she has done years of research of how the thoughts affect the brain. So she did a lot of studies and she said, thoughts influence the brain. So I said, no, that the soul influences the body. So brain is part of the body, and the soul is what, where our thoughts come from. And so she said the thoughts bring changes in your brain. When you have thoughts, it releases proteins. And uh, the, dendrite, the neurons, and dendrites, they look like trees. So she says that when you have good thoughts, you know, a repeated good thoughts, it looks like a healthy tree. But when you have bad thoughts, it looks like a dried, dead tree. But she also did a study where she said, you know, if you keep on changing your, if you start renewing your mind and changing your thought pattern, even those dry ones can become green again. She she said, that's called neuroplasticity. That is your brain can change when you change the pathway. So she says, it takes time, but you can do it. Okay, so the thing is, None of us can influence our circumstances. I know some of you may have gone through greater difficulties than some others. But the thing is, you can change the way you respond. Isn't it? We don't know what we're going to face in the days to come. But we can change our reaction. And because of that, if we have a renewed mind, these things are not going to affect us. Okay? So, we have to stop believing that we can't control our thoughts. We can we can control our thoughts. We can change our thoughts. And finally, continue the process of making right choices and strengthening your spirit man. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life both you, that both you and your descendants may live. You know, as a Christian, there's always these choices, isn't it? Good, bad, right, wrong, the narrow way, the, the broad path. Jesus said, keep on choosing. All our life is about choices, but you need to keep on making the right choices. And he says that if you make that right choice, you will be blessed and your descendants will be blessed. You know the thought, the way you think. If you bring it in a particular, if you th- see so your children and your grandchildren are going to see the way you thought, and they're going to be influenced, and they will say, "Oh, my grandmother, she was so, uh, she was so joyful. She loved the Lord." It has such an impact on young children. Yeah. So you continue. So uh, Karen Lee was saying that for this, for a stronghold to be broken, it takes 21 days of replacing it with the right thought. But it's not enough to just break that. You need to plant a new plant. And so for that, you may have to do two or three cycles of 21 days to bring in a new circuit, a new thought pattern, which is aligned with the word of God. Yeah? So I encourage you today, take this year to renew your mind. How do we do it? Understand it's a process. Work at it. Don't give up easily. Secondly, under, be aware of your thoughts. Meditate on the Word of God. And don't think that you cannot control your thoughts. You can. And finally, keep on at it, Bringing the, breaking those strongholds down and replacing it with the Word of God. So we go back to Romans chapter 12. We have decided to present ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to the Lord. And we have decided not to conform to this world, but to transform our minds, transform by the renewing of our minds. And then what would happen? Then we would understand what is the perfect will of God. As you do that, you enter God's plan. It's just like you're getting into the right track. As you renew your mind... As you offer yourself as a sacrifice, you enter God's perfect plan. J.B. Phillips has a beautiful translation of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Amen. So let's pray with this. Yeah, let's pray with this. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for speaking to each one of us. Lord, we want to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. We want to be holy before you. And Lord, let us not be conformed to the world anymore, but let us be transformed By the renewing of our mind, Lord. And I just pray in these days, you will help us deal with the way we are thinking, Lord. Change us, Lord. Help us, Lord. For the Lord enables us. When we have the desire, the Lord will help you to deal with your thought patterns. Especially you young people do not allow depression to touch you hallelujah I just pray because there is hope in you hope through the Lord because Christ in us is the hope of glory so right now if there is anyone here who is struggling with depression I break it with the power of Jesus by the blood of Jesus right now depression be gone depression be gone the enemy has been trying to tell you that you are a failure that is not the truth you are a success before the Lord hallelujah and you will fulfill God's purposes Hallelujah, praise the Lord praise the Lord, I just pray for anyone watching online who is struggling and I pray that they will be able to renew their mind Lord, Hallelujah even me Lord, Lord I ask you Lord, I humble before you Lord let your word transform me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, each one of us, Lord. Thank you for this word that you've given us as a church for this the beginning of this year. Let it be a way by which we're going to change. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.